Welcome to Prima's 2020 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at the Public Risk Management Association. On this Prima podcast, Jay Jones will discuss wellness-based safety. Jay is the Safety and Training Officer for the City of Boulder, Colorado. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Jay. Hey, thank you, Taekwon. So first off, please describe wellness-based safety for us. Well, I think when you look at the word wellness-based safety, it's fairly straightforward. And by far, although this is something that's kind of new to our department, I don't think incorporating wellness into a safety program is anything profound. Uh, In fact, I feel like it's certainly been incorporated a little bit more recently, and we're just kind of waiting to see the the results industry-wide. But first, let's just take a look at the common practices in organizations when it comes to a wellness program and a safety program. The goals of both are uh, really similar. To state them in the most basic levels would essentially be using proactive and known measures to ensure or enhance quality of life for all employees. So my question has been, why are we housing these so far apart? Wellness program uh, is usually housed somewhere in your HR department, whereas the safety program generally lives off in another corner entirely. So, so one of our challenges is working for a municipality without an enforced or audited OSHA regulation program, I figured what better way to enhance our program while inspiring a safety culture than to combine the two. This shows both our temporary and standard staff that, of course, we expect them to perform, but to really drive home the fact that safety begins at home and what they do outside of work is far more important than the work we're asking them to do. So, Technically, I guess wellness enhanced safety would be a more accurate description, but really it's just about adopting a proactive approach to injury prevention. So what were the initial indications there was a problem with injuries within the department? I think that's a good question. And honestly, whether you work in the private sector for local government or nonprofit, there's one language that's commonly spoken, and that's money. (laughs) With workers' comp costs, a non-budgeted expense, it became apparent as our department grew and these numbers grew with it that we needed to do more than we were doing. So we looked at our department, like our wildland fire team, and noticed that they have a pretty extensive PT regimen that they do on a regular basis, and that it clearly helped reduce the strains and sprains that you would obviously expect from such physical and exhausting work. So in our safety committee, the plan was born. And then again, touching back on the universal language of money, we figured the amount of money we were spending on needless injuries We could easily invest some of that money into our staff on the front end of injury prevention, and that that would certainly pay for itself on the back end, and we are certainly seeing that. Did you have support from top management? And if not fully, how did you get them on board? Um, Well, we do have a, a pretty active safety committee with representation from all levels of the organization, from division supervisors and then supervisors from each of our work groups. So there was a little apprehension obviously with the upfront cost, but uh, so we started small. And then once the cost and frequency of the workers' comp claims started showing the results that we were looking for, we pushed a little harder and were able to grow a pretty effective and robust system around this wellness-based safety. So it really wasn't us that got them on board, but the undeniable results, along with the fact that happy and healthy workforce has shown us that not only are we having fewer injuries, 
but we're seeing increased job morale, which will lead to better production, better quality of work, and then something that is unrecordable really is, is job retention. Uh, people want to stay here because they feel valued. So it was really a win-win for everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this Prima podcast. Here are some words from Prima's marketing manager, Till Griffey, regarding Prima's Cybrary. Wish you had access to a database of risk management documents? Don't reinvent the wheel. Instead, as a Prima member, you have access to our Cybrary, a digital library with an extensive selection of sample documents that every risk manager needs, including RFPs, job descriptions, checklists, work plans, insurance information, and even more. Use Prima's member-only Cybrary as a starting point for all your risk management-related projects. Visit Cybrary, that's C-Y-B-R-A-R-Y dot PrimaCentral dot org. That's Cybrary dot PrimaCentral dot org. And if you aren't a member, what are you waiting for? Become a member today and receive access to this amazing resource. Thanks, Till. To learn more about Prima Cybrary, visit cybrary.primacentral.org. Now back to the podcast. What did your early attempts to reduce work-related injuries look like, and did it go as planned? Well, honestly, when we first started noticing this increase, the first thing we did was to implement the more traditional approach from updating uniform policies and pushing you know, the standard PPE. And it did help a little for sure, but the cost continued to rise and the injuries kept coming in. So we then realized again that a new way of thinking was needed. So we started with an outside resource to come into our employee orientations and educate on the benefits of stretching and proper body mechanics when doing any work really, but especially the fields-based physical labor. And again, this was a noticeable step in the right direction, but without a physical program in place, we really weren't getting the participation from staff that we had hoped, and certainly not enough to see tangible results. What does the program look like today, and what have been the results? Well, the program has really evolved quite a bit in the last few years. We start each of our field seasons with a trainer-led stretch and strengthen injury prevention program every morning at the start of each shift for two weeks, and we require that all staff participate in the hope that they'll actually develop a habit, you know, habits take 14 days to form. And we also want them to truly understand that we not only support, but we encourage them taking 30 minutes each morning for wellness each day before heading into the field to really drive home that they're they're not doing anything wrong by doing this. Like They don't need to feel guilty, so to speak, for getting some exercise on the clock. And then we had to be pretty creative, too, to get some some funding. So Working with our wellness program, we developed a 12-week HIP program, which is, again, trainer-led. It's available to all staff. The goal of that is to just encourage better health and healthy habits. By doing that, we reached out to our our company's insurance provider, and they were able to provide us with a grant for $10,000 to build a wellness room, which is equipped with weights, cardio equipment. It's a pretty nice thing for staff, and it was at zero cost to, to us. So. Being creative was a big part of it. We also offer in-house yoga and Zumba classes for our office staff. And so, you know, we've come a long way, and and the results, again, are speaking for themselves. Now, most of our staff uh, uses this time for traditional, like, physical preparations each day, 
but some choose to switch things up and focus more on uh, mental tuning, I call it, which could just be, you know, an easy yoga stretch session or, or just meditation. We feel that the mental benefits of, uh, of mental wellness can be everybody useful as physical wellness because, in my opinion, and I think it's shared by many, that it's not the actual job itself that is causing these injuries. It's the distractions that we're bringing from home that are actually causing the distraction to cause the injuries. So, you know, allowing 30 minutes for somebody to come in and, and really kind of get grounded and centered and focused into the work that's in front of them can be just as useful as the, the core strengthening. And again, the results are, are speaking for themselves. We have significant savings on workers' comp claims and much faster recoveries. And when I say significant savings, I'd say in the last four years, or I wouldn't say looking at the numbers from the last four years, you know, we've seen, you know, the trend is we're, we're down like 80% on cost per claim. Now, granted, of course, one injury can cost so much, it could blow those numbers right up, but but the numbers are speaking for themselves. And uh, and again, the job morale is an invaluable component that you know leads again to increased production and, and better quality of work. And then the cost of not having to train somebody every year because they keep coming back is a cost that we can't record, but we're definitely noticing. One thing I certainly want to add is that if you're looking to implement like a wellness-based safety approach in your organization, or if this interests you at all, is to just remember it doesn't replace a structured safety program, you know, OSHA has laid down in a, a tremendous foundation that, you know, all of us should strive to achieve. But by implementing this, it's a great way to gain buy-in from your staff and from management as well. I kind of flip-flop the terms, you know, when you're trying to sell, you know, a, a paid wellness program for your staff to upper management, you say this is for their safety. And then, as we all know, it's real hard for people to argue with the word safety. And then when you have a reluctant worker who's been there, you know, 20 years and hasn't had drinking the safety Kool-Aid, so to speak, you can spin it as wellness. And then they, they tend to jump on board a little bit easier too. So, but again, it is in addition to the, the foundation that OSHA provides. And my personal belief, uh, having stood on both sides of this like safety stigma that is that you're going to get far better compliance from your workers if you can inspire rather than enforce safety. And I think selling safety through wellness is a great way to do that. We've had pretty great success implementing this philosophy and I love to talk about it. So if anyone out there wants to talk more, uh, please reach out. Let's just try and break the safety stigma and push for new ways to look and improve safety. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.